Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in artificial intelligence and voice first to show everyone how these technologies are going to impact our lives both personally and within organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI, helping give brands a voice to the power of AI and voice assistant technology. Hey, it's Nick here with the Artificial Podcast. Welcome back to another week. And this week, I am actually going to do a solo episode. Haven't done one of these in quite some time. And because it's a solo episode, that means I have my lovely editor and producer joining for this episode, Mr. Brett Brooks. Brooks. Hi, everybody. This is Brett Brooks. How are you doing, Brett? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. This is only the third time we've tried to record this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this is deja vu. <laughs> so everybody listening, truth be told, we we tried recording this yesterday and we're having problems with the recording software. And then we tried recording it a couple of weeks ago and realized we sounded like we were in caves. So we've decided just to resort to good old Zoom video yep. communications. Yep. And it's working perfectly fine. Is it? Can you play I it think back? So. Well, it better be working perfectly fine, or I'm just I'm just, just going to go crying. No, yeah, it definitely should be working fine. But Brett and I actually have, for quite some time since we returned from our trip to Australia, have been wanting to do an episode on the Artificial Podcast about our trip to Australia just because, well, first and foremost, this was an absolute once-in-a-lifetime trip that we both went on here uh, to be able to bring what we do at Red Fox AI abroad. Um, and even even just aside from the fact we got to extend the reach of our business, it was really about bringing what we do with artificial intelligence and voice assistant technology to, a, to another country um, where, you know, specifically when you think about Australia, you don't necessarily think like, wow, Australia is like a, a tech hub, like there's a lot of technology going on there. But I think Brett would agree as we kind of made our way through Sydney the week that we're there. They're doing a lot of neat things with technology out there, and they're very interested in artificial intelligence and voice assistant technology. And it's interesting to note that Australia actually is adopting smart speakers quicker than people in the United States. Now, I know there's something to be said about the population difference there, but uh, they really are embracing this technology. So it was really neat to be able to go out there and, and talk about this. Would you agree, Brett? It was. It was very interesting. It was also kind of weird to have them adopting Google Actions at a faster rate than Alexa. Because over here, you hear Alexa all the time. And you see people with Alexas all the time. But over there, no, nah, nothing. So it's just yeah. interesting to see that. Yeah, Google Google Assistant is the prevalent voice assistant there, pretty much just because Google 
as a, I think as we've talked about in previous episodes, is just when it, it comes to Google Assistant as a technology, it just is able to understand dialects diff better and it can accommodate more languages. And Amazon actually tried, we learned this while we were there launching in Australia, and it just, it, it went up in smoke. It did not go well. So people there are definitely not geared towards Amazon like we are here in the United States because most people, of course, use Amazon primarily for their shopping services more so than anything, and that just isn't the case in Australia. So it really does make sense why they've adopted Google Assistant more and all that stuff. But we'll dive into more of that as we kind of move along the show here. But I think it's important as we kick things off here to talk about the story of how we got this opportunity to go to Australia because you know, this isn't just something that, that falls from thin air. I mean, maybe it kind of did in our case, Brett. Would you say this kind of fell from thin air? Well, you got invited by Murray. And right. Then, uh, I don't know how long it was, but probably, but even 10 so, minutes, I, probably 10 minutes after you got off the phone with her, invited me. Yeah, and, and even so, I've been asked by multiple different people, how did an opportunity like this come across your plate? How did something like this happen? Well, the story behind it is actually a, a bit interesting, and I've talked a lot on the Artificial Podcast as well about the power of building your personal brand and being active on social media. And truthfully, social media is what got us this opportunity, specifically what even prompted the initial discussions for something like this to become possible and allowed me to become very, very good friends with my friend Murray, who who lives across the world in, in Australia. So it was back in October of last year, and I had been following my friend Marae Ryan for quite some time on social media. She has a very big social media following. She uh, is very big in the fitness industry in Australia, and she just so happened, as I was following her, trying to get an organization up and running called the Social Media Marketing Institute, which she's trying to transform into an international organization that represents social media marketing professionals. And I thought that was fascinating because with my background in marketing and communications, especially to some degree social media marketing, as far as I know, there is nothing like that in the United States just for social media marketers. I mean, you know, we have the American Marketing Association and we have some other more professional associations just geared towards generalized marketing, but we don't really have anything just for social media. So that interested me right off the bat, but ultimately I was just at a point in October of last year where I was just messaging people on LinkedIn who I thought were doing really cool things and I just wanted to talk to them and get to know them and she happened to be one of those people and I sent her a message on LinkedIn and pretty much just said, hey, I think what you do is awesome just by following you. Would you like to take the conversation offline? And she said yes, which actually kind of shocked me because I, you know, from following her, she has such this big presence and she knows my, she knew my friend Mary Rodriguez very well. And just, I, I didn't think she'd actually say yes. And she did. And then we had a Zoom meeting, which I, I remember telling her as we were in that initial Zoom meeting, how crazy it was that I was sitting in my living room in Madison, Wisconsin, and she was sitting in her office in the Gold Coast in Australia, and we were just having this, this, we were meeting each other for the first time. It just, that, that just blows, blew my mind. It, it still blows my mind that we're able to do that, but we really just hit it off right away, and she filled me in more on what she was doing with the Social Media Marketing Institute and said that there really is no members in the United States, and she was running a deal at the time, and if I wanted to become a member, that we could do that. So, of course, I did, and as we got to talking, I, I 
told her about what I was doing with artificial intelligence and how I was really moving my business into voice and AI. And we, we just hit it off and very quickly became good friends. And it was one of those friendships where, you know, we both felt like we had known each other for so much longer than we actually had. So um, I'd helped do a couple of master classes on her Facebook group for the organization. And we just kind of shared value. And then in January of this year, it's about, it was about 10 o'clock at night. And I get a message from her and she asked me if I wanted to be a judge for the social media marketing awards that she also runs in Australia yearly. And of course, I, I couldn't believe that she even asked me to do that. You know, what an honor. She, she recruits people from all over the world to judge the social media marketing awards to uh, showcase excellence in social media in Australia and New Zealand. So that, that right off the bat just blew me away. And of course, I accepted she said, because I was a judge, I get two complimentary tickets to the awards gala. And she said, you know, if you can make it out here, I'd love to have you. And of course, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, I, that, that's a really long trip. And, you know, just even the thought, I never would have thought that I actually ever get to go to Australia in my lifetime, let alone for something like this. And I said, you know, if I can make it out there, I'd be more than happy to come. The next thing I know, she asks me, are you, you, you speak, right? And of course, around this time too, my my speaking career, talking about AI and voice was really starting to, to, to uh, grow as well. I, mean, I was going into Seattle in February. I'd done some stuff in Chicago. I did things all across Wisconsin. And I said, yes. And then she says, well, I host my social media marketing summit the same day I do the awards. Would you be interested in coming down to be the keynote speaker and I'll help you cover travel? And I just, I think my jaw hit the floor. And I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that opportunity and somebody was so kind enough and believed in me that much to make that offer. I, I immediately accepted, of course. And I think the first thing that I did was I texted Brett what had just gotten offered to me. And the first thing that Brett said, what was that, Brett? Um, what was the first thing I said? Um, it was pretty much you were I'm going. going. I'm going. <laughs> it wasn't. Brett didn't even ask. He was just like, I'm going. Yep. So. And then uh, I think Brett and I literally had a conversation over text for like an hour after that because we just couldn't freaking believe that this was even going to happen for us. So yeah, that, that really is the story behind how this came to be. And again, it really is a testament. I am a testament to the power of social media when used properly. You know, social media gets a really bad rap, of course, these days because of all, all the negativity that surrounds it. And don't get me wrong, there is a lot of negativity. It does cause a lot of problems, but you also have to look at the flip side. And when we use these tools, specifically tools like Twitter and LinkedIn, to connect with anybody we want to at this point in time, we can connect with anybody we want to in the world, really, when you start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. You start using these tools properly, then the magic begins to happen. Then, you know, these cool opportunities and results begin to show and, and there really is no reason for you not to get active on social media at least one platform to talk about what you do try and build your brand it's probably the one thing that my mentor Miri Rodriguez has taught me the most out of anything is, is the power of building your personal brand and keeping that going on social media because the moment I did that the opportunity started coming so not to get off on that tangent here quick but that just kind of sums up how the opportunity came to be with us traveling to Australia. So yeah, um, overall, Brett, you, you probably are, are still shocked that we did that, aren't you? I never thought in my life I would uh, be in Australia. No, I, <clears throat> I always, I remember I told you when I had the opportunity, when I did my make-a-wish when I was uh, mm -hmm. 
um, younger, of course, going through my leukemia treatments, I wanted to go to Australia and they told me pretty, they, they more or less told me I was going to Disney world. It wasn't like a, it was, I was like, I want to go what to every, Australia. This is what every kid does. No, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the wish granters came to my house and they're like, so what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to go to Australia. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. How about Disney world? <laughs> yeah. So ever really since I was said a, that to you. Oh yeah. Yeah. That you sucks. can ask my mom. Yeah. That sucks. Um, but ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to go to Australia. So just being able to do that and actually living out a dream. And I told Marae this was, was just incredible. I mean, yeah. I'll, I will tell everybody right now, Brett and I have gone on many different trips and Brett's the type of person where you do not know if he's having fun because he internalizes so much. But I will tell you, everybody, you'll, you'll never guess it. When we walked up to the Sydney Opera House, you could see for the, I could see for the first time, like just how, amazed and how much fun Brett was having because he was getting to see something like that. Would you agree, Brett? Yeah. And how I don't get excited for trips until like the day before. Right. Like Brett was actually, right. Brett was actually excited when we, we went and walked around the Sydney Opera House and everything. It was, it was fun, sp- Brett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Even so. Um, so the events that we attended in Australia, you know, what, what we were actually doing there. So what Brett and I did is we also hosted one of Australia's first workshops on how to create Google actions for the social media marketing summit. And as I mentioned a bit earlier, I actually did the opening keynote for the social media marketing summit as well. So what the social media marketing summit is, is this is a part of, of course, the organization that Marie's trying to build, but no, it really is just a place for anybody across the world who's in social media, who's in marketing, even technology to come and just learn from some really incredible people about what, what's happening mm-hmm. in social media, what the future of social media looks like. You know, and I, I Brett, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you agree, but I felt it was a very strong tech focus. Like, you know, our friend Ming talked about, you know, internet ethics and I was there talking yeah. about AI and voice. There was other people talking about technology. I thought it was... It wasn't really social media, was it? No, it really it wasn't. Was, yeah, it was more like future of tech. Yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a couple, you know, just social media based sessions, but I felt like a lot of it was just future of tech oriented more than anything, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's fine. So, it's like but I, I think, Brett, you would also agree the venue that that was at was just oh, was amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you should make like a, we should have an artificial podcast, like Instagram and post the pictures on there or something. It's not a half bad idea. I do. I do want to start getting photos up on here a bit more of stuff. But mm-hmm. anyhow, um, yeah, the venue was amazing. It was in Darling Harbor, which is in the northern part of Sydney. I mean, it just pane glass windows of this venue just overlooking the harbor. And it was such a nice day. I, it was so awesome, everybody. I, it, I can't yeah, it even. Was. <laughs> like going on, the, going on the ferries and then you're crossing the ferry over to, what was that one park? Oh, Luna Park. Yeah, Luna Park. But halfway through uh, there, you can see the, you can see where all the movies in, in Hollywood have gotten the photo of the sydney opera house it was probably from those fairies oh absolutely look just like in the movies yeah oh, this is but cool. yeah the venue of this was amazing and then in the evening of course we got to attend the social media marketing awards which i i and also for the record get another shout out to Marae here she planned both of these events and keep in mind the social media marketing summit probably had between 150 200 attendees and the social media marketing awards had probably just over 200 attendees. She organized both of these events by herself. Yeah. You're insane. Herself. And 
I even while we were there, I'm like, Murray, I, I, I could, I never would have been able to do this. This is just amazing. I was stressed just planning on coming down to the event. Right. Remember the the morning we got. Remember the morning we got to the the summit. And she's like, so how are you doing? She's like, oh, I've only got an hour of sleep. <laughs> oh, I've gotten five, and I feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, the we got to attend the awards in the evening, and and by the way, this was probably my first experience at like a gala type event. Mm-hmm. So you know, Brett and I were dressed to the nines in our tuxedos, and we walk in, and they just have people standing there with just champagne and wine, and we walk into the venue for this, and there's a red carpet, and uh, someone's interviewing people, and we go stand by a table, and you can kind of take it from here, Brett, since I think this was probably one of your favorite parts of that. Oh, yeah, we were standing at the table, and people, yeah, like you said, were passing around champagne and hors d'oeuvres and all that. I was having the time of my life, but but I didn't know that this gentleman was going to walk up. And he comes walking up to our table, and I'm like, what does he want? And he comes up, and he's like, anybody want to see some magic? And I was like, I already saw some magic. You coming up to the table asking me if I want to see magic. That was the magic. That was the trick. Uh, and then he did, like, what? 10 to 15 minutes of magic tricks that were he was actually was super good. good yeah so like the magic trick was we all had a card there's four of us at the table and he kept doing tricks like he probably did five or six tricks where our same exact cards kept coming up in each trick yeah it was good trick but it was like it wasn't a new trick it was just, he was still using our cards from the first trick right so brett was brett was kind of enamored by that whole thing and then of course we go into the main event and we're sitting there and it's just you know people they keep bringing champagne by and it's just this amazing food and then they have this performer get up and she's doing this really cool stuff with like light rings and hula hoops yep and they had a red carpet too coming in yeah interviewing people yep and uh, it was just such a well-run event and there was like videos for all the awards and it, it was just so cool. I think even Brett said, he's like, God, I don't feel like I deserve to be here because <laughs> yeah, it was like, so just like in the place up, <laughs> it was just so, so much. It was so cool and just, just such a fantastic experience. And yeah, it, it I, I really don't know how else to put it. I, can you think of any other words rather than it was just absolutely amazing? Mm, yeah, it was just, I would, I want to come back next year. Yeah, Brett and I have already talked, and if, if we can make the show, Murray is planning, of course, on hosting these events annually. And if if they are indeed going to be annual, I think Brett and I have already talked, we we really would like to make this an annual or a biannual trip to go out there. Because, I mean, it, it'd be fun to, well, I can't do a biannual. I got to do it every year. The only, the only thing I'll, I'll warn you folks is if you do go and travel to Australia, you best be prepared to travel. It is a very, very long haul. And uh, I mean, yeah, that, that flight sucks. 14 hours. Yeah. And we, Brett and I are, Brett and I are not going to beat around the bush with that. The plane ride is absolutely awful. And especially where we're located in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. we not only had, you know, of course to get to Australia, but we had to just get to a coast where we could fly to Australia. So we had to make our way to Los Angeles before we could even hop the plane to get to Australia. So if you're on a coast, you're, you're you honestly are in a better position than we were which now but, the flight from here to los angeles seems like so small oh yeah yeah four or five hours that's nothing oh, it's, yeah, but it's simple yeah be prepared for the travel of your life if if you do want to go do this but i think brett and i would agree it's absolutely worth it yep not a lot to see it's a lot of water yeah <laughs> and i think you know one of brett's favorite parts of the trip too is we stayed in two different airbnbs but the first airbnb that we stayed at 
was right on the beach in a you know a suburb of, of <gasps> city called Kuji. Literally Kuji the best ocean view I think I've ever had in my life. And I think Brett would agree, probably the same for him. And I yeah, think I just slept I slept on the couch in the living room the whole time. Because I wake up to the waves crashing against the beach. And it sounded like the first night we were there, it sounded like airplanes. But yeah, it did. But you're like, oh, well, that's just the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, these damn airplanes keep waking me up in the morning. It's like, I oh, think Brett, honestly, Brett, Brett would have been content with just sitting there with the door open, listening to the waves, eating Tim Tams, watching TV for the whole trip. Oh, yeah. I could have watched that 70s show, eating Tim Tams and having my coffee out the whole trip. <laughs> I would have been fine just watching the waves come in. God. <sighs> so, yeah, that that's kind of a, a bit about the event. So, maybe let's kind of get into the technology and and what we discovered while we were there. Now, um, so I would say you know the consensus of Australia when it comes to AI voice and other new technologies is they are very very open to all of it. I was actually quite surprised at how open everybody was and. In some different ways, Brett and I noticed they are actually more technologically advanced than we are with certain things. Yep. I think the biggest thing I noticed, Brett, was the whole how they pay for things with the tap-on, tap-off credit cards. Yeah. So what they do is, like, well, in America, they take your card, right? And they go to the computer that's against the wall or whatever. Or we have chips now, but we didn't get those until like five years ago. I'm, I know. I'm saying the, they still take your credit card and they take well, it to the yeah. computer, right, to pay for everything. Well, they bring the transaction machine to you at your table and you just take your credit card and you tap it and then you're done paying that's all you have to do yep and i think we were i think it was that golf place where we paid with cash and Mm -hmm. i think the the uh the woman who checked me out she's like i'm just i'm not used to people giving me money everybody used the credit card system here and i'm like oh (laughs) i'm like we don't have that in the united states we have all this other stupid stuff and we can't get this tap on tap off credit card thing people still think the chips are stupid like, yeah and yeah, the, that's the thing they've had the chip technology in europe and australia and some of these other countries for like a decade or mm-hmm. more yeah so but that was one of the things i noticed they were a bit more technologically advanced than we were and then i think another thing that i noticed is it was actually quite shocking to see the government actually take investment in technology and startups so the last day that brett and i were there we actually were invited again via linkedin linkedin's amazing get it get on it now if you're not we're actually invited via LinkedIn to be interviewed for this podcast that was being um, created at the Sydney Startup Hub. And the, the individual that was doing it, Brendan, they were partnering with a uh, telecommunications company in Australia, the largest one called Optus. So this was going out to thousands of people, mind you. So Brett and I, of course, were like, yeah, we're doing this. But it was just interesting. We got to the Sydney Startup Hub and we were talking with some of the people there only to learn that the government pretty much invested, the government of New South Wales and uh, the uh, province that Sydney's in, invested all this money to create an actual like seven-story building in the heart of Sydney just for startups. And I thought that was pretty interesting because I haven't seen anything like that here. I have not seen our government in any way, shape, or form, really, I don't, unless you have, Brett, at least no. on the federal level, act, do anything like that. No, they really cater to their startups, and that really brings drives in like business and you know, really inflates the economy. Right, and, and for some of you who probably use the services that some of these companies provide, but you may not be aware they're actually based in Australia, the biggest one is actually Canva. 
So for all you marketers out there and even non-marketers, if you've heard of Canva or if you're familiar with Canva, it's the online digital publishing tool where you can make, you know, graphics and all this stuff that actually is based in Sydney. Um, the founder, she, she actually grew up in Perth, Australia, and she came out to the U.S. to get her venture capital funding and then moved the company back out to Sydney. So Canva is actually um, one of Australia's largest technology companies at the current moment. And then there is another company called Alassian, which is a project management software. And if anybody's used Jira, well, Alassian just acquired Jira. So Alassian is actually one of the world's largest companies for project management software, and they are also based in Australia. So there, there is a, a couple of tech companies out there that you know, are, are known throughout the world, but I, I think it was just super fascinating to see the government take involvement in that with something like the Sydney Startup Hub. But I, I think when I gave my keynote, you know, everybody really enjoyed it, of course, and I got a ton of positive feedback, but of course the consensus for them was you know, and we understand artificial intelligence is coming. We understand that voice technology is here and it's going to change everything we do as marketers and all this stuff. So they seem really receptive to it. I even had one person tell me that, you know, the reason why your presentation was so unique is we don't really have anybody talk about this type of stuff here. You know, people talk about social media and marketing and some of this stuff, but nobody really talks about technology like this. So that was some really positive feedback to hear, I think when it came to the stuff that we were doing. And then we, the workshop that we did where we were walking people through the different aspects of conversational design, how to build a Google action. Everybody seemed to really enjoy that too. We got a ton of great questions. And I just, I think it, it's a very positive international market if you're in AI or voice. And I would highly recommend taking a look at the Australian market if you can, if you work in the AI or voice space, because I, I think they're going to be a very, very key component in, in everything that's going on. I don't know if you had any other thoughts on that, Brett. No. <laughs> well, thanks, Brett. Your, your feedback is super, super valuable. I'm a man of many words. Like two. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the business side of everything that we did, of course. But, you know, while we were there, we had to do some of, you know, the tourism things, the fun things we already talked about, how we went into the opera house, which I, I think, Brett, you can agree is, is just a surreal experience, you know, because mm -hmm. in the U.S., at least in elementary school, I remember being taught about the opera house and you see pictures of it, you <clears> see <throat> videos, you see it in movies and, you know, know it just... Side of it. I didn't know the side of it looked like bathroom tiles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was really cool to see that too. But and it like just... reflects the light off of it and stuff and like looks, right. always looks shiny. But living in the U.S., you know, it, it seems so far away. I and mean, it's one mm -hmm. of those things where you see it, but you never actually think you'll actually get to walk up to it and take a picture in front of it and all this stuff. And we got to do that. And it was a very surreal experience. I think we spent a couple of hours there at least. Yeah. And then Nick wanted to go the last day. And I'm like, well, let's go see what it looks like at night around there. And we go out there at night and there's a projector projecting uh, cool video on the side of the opera yeah they had like a, a show going on there was like a, a video on the side of it with music mm -hmm. and stuff it was actually really neat and then we got our uh, um whatchamacallits souvenirs yes and yeah, I, got my, I got my coffee mug sydney harbor for the record is already known as one of the most beautiful harbors on the planet and i could not agree more with that statement with the opera house sitting there in the harbor then you have the Harbor Bridge and the ferries were one of the primary modes of travel where you can just see so much more from the water. It, it was absolutely beautiful to say the least. It was. I um, loved it. 
And of course, aside from some of that, Brett and I also decided to do a coastal walk from where we were staying in Coogee Beach all the way up to Bondi Beach, which is the most popular beach in Sydney and, and is kind of known throughout the world. It was a three-mile walk of just pure coastline. But it was five kilometers, which makes it sound lo- longer. Right. It was, it was a three-mile walk of just pure coastline, and it was, it was stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I enjoyed that a lot. You could just see the waves from the ocean coming in on the cliffs and getting to see, you know, some of the houses that were on the coast overlooking all this stuff. I think I saw the biggest cemetery I've ever seen in my life just hanging out on the coastline. Yeah, you oddly liked that. I thought it was, You oddly liked that. I thought it was creepy. I wanted to turn around and look at the guy surf. Be like, let's go into the cemetery and look at <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Well, because I like history and it just felt very historical and I had never seen anything like that. I've, I've seen cemeteries, of course, but I've never seen one that large for one and two on the coastline like that. It was just, it was odd. Mm-hmm. But, and then, yeah, Brett and I actually saw some surfers as well, mm-hmm. which was... I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what though, Nick, but back to the cemetery. If you're going to be buried in a cemetery, that's the cemetery. Yeah, that, that's the cemetery you want to be buried in, uh, overlooking the Pacific Ocean for all eternity. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But yeah, we did see some surfers. And, you know, what was interesting about us being there, too, that it was their winter. August is like, you know, the last month of their winter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, average temperature was 65, 70 degrees. Oh, my gosh, what a horrible winter. But I kid you not, there were people wearing parkas. There were people wearing freaking yep. parkas. And 65 degrees as Brett and I are walking around in shorts with people looking at us funny. Freaking winter jackets or head on just with scarves. So with with that in mind too, Brett and I decided, you know, maybe down the road we'll open a Red Fox AI office in Sydney and just go there in the winter. Oh my God, please. And then I, um, uh, yeah, let's just, yeah, dude, that's actually a really great idea. Let's go there in the winter. I'm all for it. And do it for like, you know, I would say make sure with our families for Christmas. Then once Christmas is gone, just go there until well, like maybe March or April. We would tell people there too how cold it got here in the northern Great Lakes in the winter, and they damn near dropped dead when we told them how cold. Oh yeah, it gets they didn't here. believe us. They're like, <laughs> like, how do you survive that? We're like, honestly, I don't even know how we survive. How we survive it? <laughs> no, I think one of my answers was, "Have I? Have I? I think I feel like I'm dead." <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that, those are some of the fun things, of course, that we did. And, of course, there was so much more we could have seen and could have done. But based on the amount of time we had and it being the first trip, of course, we just kind of wanted an even balance of things. But one of the fun things we also did is we went to – we met up with two of our friends down there to a combination restaurant, combination bar, combination indoor mini golf. Mm-hmm. And you open up one of those here in Wisconsin. Oh, abs- I think in the United States, maybe there is something like that. I just don't know that it exists, but especially where we live in Wisconsin, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. Oh my God, you'd make a killing. And it was a, it was a different kind of mini golf. Um, like one of them, do you, if you ever played the game mousetrap as a kid, the ball was like the mousetrap game. It would go through the whole, help me out here, Nick. Well, yeah, you had, if you've ever played, <laughs> you press I mean, the button well, and blow, right. if the ball played mousetrap, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, how the ball goes through all the different, uh, yeah. Uh, contraptions Rube Goldberg machine. There you go. Thing. That's what I yeah. was thinking. Rube Goldberg. Yes. And they had a, they had a mini golf hole set up like that. It was actually pretty cool. The whole thing was neat. And the entire time Brett and I were there like, we need to open up one of these in Wisconsin. We make so much money. Oh yeah. Cause you, <laughs> well, they pretty much were like, 
what you got your club, you got your ball, and they're like, what drink do you want now? It's like you couldn't play golf until you had your drink too. Right. Like they're kind of forcing you to. <laughs> yeah. One thing we definitely noticed while we were there, you know, if you if you live in the United States, you know how lax the the drinking culture is here. They in in Sydney specifically, it is very, very, very strict with alcohol and drinking. And it's also probably the most expensive I've ever come across in the different travels that I've done at least. They have this uh that in, in Sydney, it's called lockout laws. So in, in certain suburbs, if you're in a bar at midnight and you leave the bar, you are legally not allowed to re-enter the bar and the doors are actually locked. And that goes for any bar in the lockout zone. So that was a bit interesting. We, we noticed they really babysitted people. It was funny because after the social media marketing awards, of course, Brett and I are feeling pretty good from the three hours of unlimited champagne. So we walked over to a local bar and the guy checked her ID and he's like, I don't want to see your ID. I just want to know how, like, you know, how drunk you are. And we're like, what? <laughs> I was like in Madison, they'd be like, yeah. come on in, keep going. I remember, you know? I remember that. I remember that. We're like, are you the ID guy? And he's like, I don't care about that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm just making sure you don't cause a ruckus. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, we actually probably looked over 18. So on the wine glasses there, they have lines that they cannot fill the the drink class past the line or they will actually bars will get fined and like they they use pours for shots and and they have to be super accurate with that <laughs> dude yeah remember the, like uh bartender the first night we were there we were gonna drink and he was like he was like pouring it very nicely and like making sure it was like one ounce pour right and all that and measuring it and i'm like i'm actually from madison wisconsin he's like oh and he was like overdoing the pour and he was like pouring extra <laughs> stuff and he was like I'm so sorry, sir. <laughs> well, I think the moment we said we were from the United States, I think everybody knows how the drinking culture is here. So it's like, come on. But the thing is, they didn't even like you know, having to deal with that either. So and it sounds like the reason that is, is because Australians, I guess, in the past used to get, there was a lot of fighting and people would get really belligerent. So the government had mm -hmm. to crack down on it there, unfortunately. But um, yeah, that was, that's pretty much, I think our Australia trip in a nutshell. So we'll, we'll end here with Brett and I each saying what our most favorite thing was or what we enjoyed the most. So Brett, what is the one thing that you enjoyed the most about our trip to Australia? The beach and all the accents and the opera house. None of the AI voice or business stuff, of course. <laughs> well, I can do that here. <laughs> why, am, why, why are you my chief technology officer again? I'm just saying I can do that here. <laughs> I can't listen to Australian accents here, though. That is, very, that, is very, here. that is very true. Well, I would say for me, I agree. Everything Brett said was, was really neat. But for me, it, it really was being able to do a talk and give an opening keynote at a conference like that across the world on a topic and subjects that I am very, very, very much passionate about and love teaching people about and love seeing the reactions on people's faces when I show some of the videos that I do and then integrating Alexa into my talk. And for me, that was the highlight to be able to share that with an entirely different group of people in a different culture across the world. And I, I was talking with Brett the other day and, you know, I, I'll admit since coming back from Australia, I've, it's kind of been very hard for me to, to get my rhythm back and, and work as hard as I was. And, you know, I told Brett, I go, you know, after thinking about things a lot more and, and listening to that podcast that we were featured on, 
and all this stuff. I go, it, it just hit me that, you know, what we do, you know, we are now known officially throughout the world. You know, we're, we're now mm-hmm. known in a different country for what we do. And, and that's yeah. just incredible. There's it no is absolutely time. incredible. I, I never thought in a million years when we decided to start Red Fox Creative and now ultimately have transitioned it to Red Fox AI and me even getting into artificial intelligence and voice that I would be known in a different country. Well, no, you got you to go further than that. You, what I do. We're, we're known more in a different country than we are in our own country. How so? I, I would say more people know about us over in Australia than they do here. Why no, would you? Why do you say that? Because we advertise our business to everybody over there. And there's a, well, there's a lot of mouth to mouth over there and a lot of uh, events that we were attending. Well, yeah, but I mean, and, and not to, let alone that podcast we're on that probably is broadcast to millions of people. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, I you know, I I talk a lot about what we do on social media, so we do that here. It's just it it was it was just a different type of promotion. But for me, it it just ultimately hit me that you know we're we're now known globally for what we do, and and that that's pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So. That's about it. That's that's Nick and Brett's uh, adventure, adventures in Australia. Anything? Yeah. What do you what do you think for uh, next week's episode? Do you think we're gonna have that one uh, episode from Australia that we did that podcast? Um, that hasn't been. I got the edited copy back, but I don't think it's been finalized yet. Okay. So I'll have to get permission from from Brendan to see if we can do that. But yes, you Brett said it actually. Could. I'm glad you brought that up. So we are gonna resyndicate that podcast that we were featured on. Yep. in Australia so everybody can hear that. He said we could do that. So I hopefully that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. I think next week's guest is going to be either Stuart Crane from Voice Metrics or Bradley Metrock from um, Score Publishing and you know two very big names in Voice. And I got a couple more very cool people lined up as we head into the, the next couple of weeks and through the end of 2019 as well. So as I always say, you know, I, I really appreciate everybody's support with the Artificial Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This has been fantastic to do. And thank you. I think Brett and I have talked about maybe we're going to get some shirts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Get some shirts and hopefully start doing some more social media here as well. Yep. Visit redfoxai.com to get your shirt. <laughs> When we'll we'll let you know officially when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's Brett's always one to jump the gun here. Yep, I'm jumping the gun. But uh, thank you all so much, and we'll be back next week. Thank you all. Artificial intelligence, voice recognition, machine learning, robot. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time.